Okay, before we go back to the Arachanir that we were in the middle of, I said I would touch upon, this is not going to be the last time because I think one of the subtopics I'd like to cover in the next year is something uh, slightly flammable and only uh, slightly dramatic and cause somewhat of an earthquake, and that's Jewish music in general. And it's a fascinating sugi and aloha and ashkafa. And with Adam of Shemayim, we're not doing justice to it. We're just wetting your appetite. With that said, you can't do every sugi at once, and hopefully we'll have many years to uh, learn these together. But just a, uh, can't even say a recap. A few of the comments, as I knew what happened, I learned it when I said it before Pesach. There are those who are going to wonder, why didn't I outright say that it was usher and categorically Aserit? I explained during the shear, if you weren't there and you're listening now, go back. It has a title, something to do with Adam of Shemayim. You can hear the full-length shear. And I can't explain it each time somebody stops me in the street, which is what happened yesterday and the day before and during Chalamayim. So I said, I ain't shum, which is a funny expression when you're listening or watching, but they understood what I meant. So I did absolutely answer it because I think that it would suffice for a firm population of B'nai Teira, an aspiring B'nai Teira, to understand that when something is not and it's a shailov, and all sorts of cult of things, that you don't need an absolute iser, and if something's absolutely answer and there's nothing to discuss, I'll say absolutely answer. But over here, and I knew one of the comments I had from one of our long-time listeners and it's Israel, is he tried to research it and he said it's not really from this uh, band, the Segel band, it's not from band, it really was from somebody else, and even that Geisha band got it from the Yidden first. That's, I told him, I said, I didn't want to get into the Metzias, that's why I, you don't want to say that something is definitively from ABC, certainly not from the person that made it popular in America, I can't emphasize that enough, we're not attacking him. But the theme and the words, as we mentioned, to have a song that we're singing, and many people say they don't pay attention to the words, but you should. And the entire, from beginning to end, the entire set of lyrics is all about praising Gashmi's, 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 without mentioning the Akash Baruch Saberi, which would make it into a wonderful song, is exactly what the problem is. Besides the tempo and the beat and the fact that it has many parallels to rainbow dances and earth worship and all these things, even if that wasn't the Makar. It's certainly not Lefi Ruchainu, and what do we need it for? We have such good talent and so many wonderful things to listen to. Why do we need an extra one that certainly is at least a suffix? If not downright usher, I just didn't want to say that. I also don't want to say it because it's still being played and uh, to say something on Mutashishim. So as fate would have it, Tzadik, I think, witnessed this. I was at a Simcha between that Russia and now, I was there for all of seven minutes, and exactly as I walked in and got near the dance floor, they started playing this song. I thought it was a prank, but no one would do that to me. So I, I don't want to say prank in a bad way. Maybe they're trying to test my reaction to them. Do I really think it's also, would I make a machal? So after thinking about it quickly, I did not make a machal, because to make a macha, you would have to embarrass the Bali Simcha and the person in the band who probably never even heard that it's a sugya. And for something that is not absolutely awesome, but certainly not something we should be playing or listening to, I wasn't about to embarrass him. I wasn't about to dance either. 
So I, the Baal Simcha came over to me with his, uh, with the other members of the Simcha. I don't want to <laughs> give too many Marmar Kermis. I was excited and he's about to dance. I said, uh, I pulled him aside, can you do me a favor? Can we wait to the next one? He said, why is there a problem? I said, that's a long schmooze. You'll get to the share. He's one of our listeners. Uh, you haven't gotten there yet. We do probably making a simcha. See, we didn't get there yet. But I'm not making a macha, but I certainly don't want to be video dancing to it. There's a difference between the two. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm still wondering. I, the only person that I saw was Sadiq, and he would never pull a stunt like this. So I, I can't, I'm not sure exactly. There were some other people standing around. Uh, you, you were there? Yeah, maybe you would do it. Uh, <laughs> You, you did see, it was a little ironic, no? I just, uh, I wasn't there a minute. Uh, so, um, I didn't make a macha, uh, but I privately, it was pretty clear from the shir, uh, we have better things to play. And when I was in Montreal last night, a bit of a daze because uh, we left the vert at around nine, you can imagine what time we got back. Uh, so, at the vert, uh, we were dealing with many different shaylas, some of them forgot I was one of the Bali Simcha, apparently, but it was fine. We were talking and learning, and one of the most popular questions asked, a uh, very nice community, and a lot of B'nai Torah, and they wanted to know, uh, did I give a shir yet on Dom uh, Shamayim? So I said, yes. I said, well, what was the uh, bottom line? Is it absolutely us? Or is it? I said, that's a funny, you should ask it that way. Uh, maybe, but I didn't say that. And I even encourage people that, why would you want to get into a Syria shayla like this? It's certainly not Lafi Ruchenu. And a number of them told me that they've been in a number of simchas. It's not that far from New York. So simchas in New York, simchas over there, in Lakewood, and other places. And they've witnessed many, many times the Bali Simcha even told the Shaila, and they said, skip it, which speaks well of Clay. So why get into the Shaila? It doesn't mean you have to go and attack people on the spot if you walk in, although I'm enough of a even-keeled Kanoi. Is that an oxymoron? Um, it's not, because a Kanoi is a good thing. Pinchas was a Kanoi. But I'm... Not going to attack them because of the possible, as far as the Hokol, that it's not absolutely us, or even though it's not good for the Jews, in my opinion. But I'm open minded enough that if somebody would tell them to stop, I would understand where he's coming from. That's not a theory. I just, I wasn't about to stay at the Baal Simcha. So, so it was interesting that uh, that took place, and the fact that many people don't want to get into Syria Shailas. Sometimes you have a Shasta Chak after passing a Shaila. Is it Osir? Is it Mutter? Is it not Osir? Something like this. Like, what's the Shasta Chak? Why do you have to get into a song that's not making any mention of a Kodesh Baruch Hu? And even though you're having it in mind, there's a good chance that wasn't the intent of whoever made this up and their claims and counterclaims who had it first. But I don't think that's relevant if it's still going to be murky. And no one has yet proved to me that the person who made it was from and he wrote it as a dedication to Hashem's wonderful brilliance. And uh, the fact that we're um, changing it, they already told me there's a Yiddish version that's changing it slowly. And the, So if we change it enough, then six months from now you don't recognize it, there's no similarity living it there, then we've kashered it. Okay. And that'll be part of the general sugya of how to kasher, can you kasher music and make it. But that's a big sugya. We're not getting into that now. So that was just the uh, recap. And I had some other Marmachemists on rainbow gathering songs and tempo and beats, but we'll get into it when we uh, get back to the Sugya. Okay, let's go back to the Arachaner on page two. We're going to know this Arachaner well because we've already caused the first half, one and a half times. The Gemara said David Amalek was digging the foundations 
of the Besamitish and the Mazbeach and where the Nisachaya and Nisachamayim has to go. And as he was digging, Rashi says, the name of Yishami came across a piece of pottery that said, Don't lift me up, I'm plugging up the world after the tumult by Kabbalah Sotera. David Amalek, because he was doing a mitzvah, didn't want the Yitzhahara to get into his way, and he thought the Yitzhahara was talking through the pottery and he ignored it. The pottery was taken off and the water started rising rapidly. It doesn't mean David Amalek was wrong in his decision, as I explained. But something had to be done. So we had a svara that if I write Shem Hashem on the chasva, and I like to mention, I don't remember if we pointed this out last time, it's unclear in the Gemara, was that the same chasva? Because the Bible doesn't mention that it was the pottery that was taken off in the first place. But it's a little ironic that of Shem Achasva on the not a piece of pottery, not a piece of paper? Okay, they didn't have paper. The paper wasn't as around, they had paper, but it wasn't that available. So. Does that mean the Bavali is pointing out that it was this same one you have to write Shem Hashem, or was it a different one? Not Nagea to our discussion now. And he had a svara that it should be mutter, and he wanted confirmation, Achitefel, under the threat of the Klola, confirmed if you can make Shalom Ben Ishlishta in Erez Hashem's name, and it's a tzivu there to Erez Hashem's name to make Shalom Ben Ishlishta, that they can stay together. After she's accused of being a Saita, called to make Shalom Ba'olam. And the Yochanan wanted to know why the Lashana make Shalom Ba'olam. The Shai Lusak the Fush is here. So say a Kavachaymer, if you can use it for Shalom Ben Ishla Ishla in Erez Hashem's name, Kavachaymer, you can use it to save lives. But the Gemara didn't say that. And of course, the obvious question why was David Melech clearing the Shaila? What was the Shaila at Sakhans the Fushis? So to that, the Yochanan was in the middle of answering that there's Yisrael's and he takes that literally that the water is going to flow down to the lowlands, which was most of the area in the surrounding civilized Middle East as they knew it then, and there was no immediate threat to Yushalayim and Territus Rome. However, with that said, and go to page 2 in the second column, about midway down the first of the lines, Vidlachem. There was a promise that the world would never be destroyed by a mobble in its entirety, and whatever would get flooded would be piecemeal, but it wouldn't be Territus Rome. Lochain, you see the first one in the line, It might affect certain areas in the lowlands. The water will go down to the other areas, and it'll come out a little bit here, a little bit there, and it'll cause havoc, which means people can be very nervous. There's not going to be Sholem. It can cause economic ruin. It'll flood fields. It's going to cause a lot of uh, upheaval. It wasn't necessarily a direct Sakhansafoshis for many people. Lochein, Atsi Shapish, Loya, Kampikoch Nevesh Klal. Tzitainis, there wasn't Bikoch Nevesh at all. One could perhaps say with the same shot that there was perhaps a Bikoch Nevesh, but along the themes that we're discussing, you can't use Kabbalah. And you can't use things that are alternative medicine if it's not proven for a suffix akanas. That's why he asked the shayla, can I use it to make shalom? And can I use it perhaps if it could be dangerous to some people? The answer is yes. You can even use it just for shalom because of the of the ishli ishto. And as he concludes, shalaya can't be called nefesh cloud, the soul yeshrei to solve other layazik, of a lawyer shalom by elam, she had tamid the pacha chemalem yavotahim base of yasak. And only with the kavachem was he allowed to use it, you can't just use whatever suggestion somebody might make, whether 
you think it's Lamaila Bedech Hateva because it's using Shem Hashem, or if it's using some Kishu Vodazara, it's going to be Elsar anyway, unless it's a direct threat to Vodazara and it's proven. The next Gemara has the same issue. Take a look. Yeah, Lishma Ava means it's going to be flooded. So here it proves that it can't be flooded Legamre because there was a promise that Hashem won't bring a Mabel in the whole world. That's the Kashi he started with. So he says it can't mean that. So now what are we left? Partial flood? So he said, well, partial flood could be dangerous. The flood's a, a country, a city, a wide territory, but he gets stuck on the fact that it's just all devoid of the and he holds that's literal besides whatever metaphysical meaning it might have. And therefore, that's the Kiddush over here that he learned, that it was actually on our globe, up top, and therefore the water is going down to the lowlands, even though on the globe we wouldn't necessarily do that. But I think the Pshat is that in the Middle East, there still is Gavaya from the other places that were inhabited. That's the Pshat we said last time. So it was only going to danger the other... Yes, and even then, the Ochlaner says that it's not going to endanger anybody. It's going to cause havoc and lack of shalom and flood fields and maybe economic woes and things like that. I'm adding that maybe you could take the Ochlaner's shot and say that perhaps some people would be in danger, but to use something that's not regular Derech HaTeva, Pikuch type of remedy is not so pushing unless you have that Kavachamer. And Ochlaner said, you do have it, and therefore you can use it. So the Ochlaner says you can use it just to make shalom. And maybe one can add, you can use the make shalom, and for the possible threat of the individuals who might get flooded along the way. You still need a heter. You, that's not regular Hatzalah work, using Shem Hashem and erasing it. So is the Kiddush over here that, that putting Shem Hashem and erasing it is not, is something proven? Uh, yes, yes, that's exactly the Kiddush. Now, the theme of this, the reason that this was brought down as part of our, our five rayas, is that we can't just take a stab in the dark when you're mattering a serum. You could take a stab in the dark if you have no other etza. If you're not doing anything wrong, why not? But here, erasing Shem Hashem is an instant eraser. So that's why he needed the Kabbalah Chaymer. Question is, to what extent did he need it? So the Alchanes Kasha was, if it's a constant fush, it's only a lav, then it's push it. The answer is, is it poshut if it's not proven? So Kavachemi can be used, like the Elchanes says, just to matter shalom and he held with another sakana. I'm adding, you could take 90% of the Elchanes shot and say that if there's a lot of flooding and causing economic ruin, there could be danger also. Still doesn't bother me because he still needs the Kavachemi. It's not a vada sakana, we don't have a vada way of solving it. So it's not so poshut without the Kavachemi. Yes? The shard just said, don't lift me. Afterwards, that's to say that's going to create a hoop. That's uh, a good point. Why in the world is the water coming up? And the shard should hold it back. Yes, the shard holding it back, you could say, was the Lamayim Bedechateva, but I think the point you're making is that it's Lamayim Bedechateva, that the water should be coming up like this. Stop. When do we ever have a situation? The model was Lamayim Bedechateva in a very big way. We don't normally have situations. We have flooding from high tides. We have tsunamis that are caused by things under the ground. When's the last time? I don't, or maybe there are cases that all of a sudden the water just starts coming up. Okay. Maybe there's an article on it somewhere. You can share with me. What? Yeah, well, if it's Shalom, if people are getting nervous that the market's down, the farms are getting ruined, and people are nervous to constantly this flood coming, well, it's going to affect... The only place which is not affected, then... Yeah, they're going to find out a way to blame the Jews anyway, and it's not good for anybody, yeah. It's, yeah, but I'm saying at the end of the day, that might be a run of a 
But to do an Isser now for a possible Gwam Hashem Gwam, yeah, which is what the Yerachanah is really claiming. He's saying it's not a direct Sakana. I'm just adding, even if it was, to be proactive in a way that's not the normal. So build uh, more fortifications, build rafts, start building houses higher and build it. To start racing Shem Hashem with the other things to do. It's not flooding right now. That's the Yerachanah's shot. It's going to flood here, flood there, and things could happen. So do something there Hateva. Don't matter an Isser unless you have a Kalachimer. In which case, we have a riot from the Chumash. That's his, uh, that's the central shot. Yeah? No. No. So that's a very good question. There's a, why are we making a Kavachem? Kavachem, the Torah promises it's going to work. And over here, Mech That's a very good question. And I, ha- I have an answer. It's not stopping a flood. It's... Well, doing something different, but it's making shalom, so I can use that to make shalom, use this to make shalom. Right, what you're asking, know, what? Our whole shear is about if you don't know for sure something's going to stop. If it's not proven. No, but once we have a Kavachimer, Kavachimer proves that you have a right to do this. The answer to your question is that, unfortunately, by the site by erasing Hashem's name, you are far from guaranteed that you're erasing it for good reason. Because if you learn the Masefta, you'll see that we find out that she's not Manukalev and he's not Manukalev and other things happened. And there's so many things going on that could stop it from working. Not that we, we don't doubt the NACE, the NACE is going to work, but there are a lot of circumstances on where it can work and where it can't. And you might not be privy to all the facts, and the terrorist says, go ahead and do it, which makes it not an Isser, but Lamaisa turns out retroactively that you're erasing Shem Hashem and it didn't work. And Tara says, you got to do it anyway. Follow the rules, do your best, and erase it. So then we could do it over here also. That's the same type of time. What? It's Pasha that David didn't know that it was going to work. I always understood Pasha knew it was going to work, and the question was, is it mutter? With the Kavachimer, he knew that he's allowed to do it. I don't think, I don't think we could prove he knew it was going to work. We don't know, as I just said, we don't know if the site is going to work. If he's not Manukam and all of a sudden, all bets are off. And we're racing, and he forgot to tell the Kayin. He's not such a Tadik himself. Uh, the kind can't read his mind. So the din is, you go ahead and do it. You try your best. If he's not Manuka Mud, then that's his problem. So he just, uh, it's not Chariah, so he just caused, you should have told them, and uh, don't, don't erase the name. Why not? Says, I'll tell you later, it's done with it. But he wasn't brave enough to do that. So they erased it. It's not a guarantee it's going to work. But the terror allows you to go ahead with the process. Okay. Let's go to the next Gemara, which is uh, just as Peladic in terms of the Kasha on it. We'll begin now and continue it tomorrow night. Go to page three. You have a Gemara Sanhedrin, which we covered in the Navishir. If you recall, and we're not going to do justice to the background now, so I ain't shum. But uh, David Amalek was such a high madriga, he was held accountable for, believe it or not, causing the demise of all the Kainim and Nadir Kainim. If you remember, David Amelech uh, was married to Michal Bashol, and he was in the house, and uh, he got word, and they figured out that Shaul's about to arrest him and kill him. And she, to her credit, she's a big Sadekis against her father, helped him escape, and in the middle of the night, lowered him out the window, and a very narrow escape, and she put a mannequin in the bed. They come and look, and they think he's sleeping, and he's not feeling well. And by the time they went back to Shaul, and Shaul said, bring him in the bed, I want to see him now. I'm going to kill him now. And by that brought him an hour or two, that back and forth. And then he's running with no sword, no food, no supplies, nothing. In the middle of the night. I assume, hopefully, not in his night gear. That, that much time he took 
to uh, get dressed. There's a famous Maestro Rav Schwab. He used to sleep in his clothing every night because it was already uh, after Crystal Nachmaisum and they were taking Nebuch out, Rabbanim, and uh, this is to. Uh, before Crystal Nachmaisum, okay, but they were already in danger. The Nazis came to power already and uh, they were taking out Rabbanim and they took special uh, glee and embarrassing them and taking them out in their pajamas. And so he, he said, if they're going to take me, they're going to take me, but not my pajamas. So, um, so anyway, he escaped with his clothing, but that's about it. And he was starving. He was about to pass out. And he came to Navi Akainim, and we would assume from the Navi that was the first town he came to. And it wasn't such a great pick, but Zem because he didn't have the kayak to go further. And he didn't have already explanations. He showed up, Vatayam Kolayir, because he's the king's son-in-law and he's the commander-in-chief, a well-known war hero. And they said, uh, David, well, what are you doing here in the middle of the night? And uh, where, where, where's the battalion? Where are your men? He said, shh, I'm on an undercover mission. My men are hiding in the forest. But he couldn't tell them, I'm a fugitive of the law and the king wants to kill me. They're going to hand them in. So you're allowed to lie for Sakhanis the Farshis. That's considered Derechateva Heshtadlis. And um, we need supplies and very hungry and we have to leave quickly and we're on maneuvers and we got to go and do you have any food? And the answer was no. We have Lechem Aponim, which is also to Azar, and we have Trum, which is also to Azar. Never Kainim, if rest stops, is the worst place you want to be. Just if you're not a Kainim, it's not, not a great pick. But he had no choice. He, he ran to the first place, the as fate would have it. It was Never Kainim. So I'm painting the story because you have to understand the Pella, what's going into this Gemara as we started. Was already killed and Shaul was punished and he, and, and he died in battle with his sons. What does that have to do with David Melch? You would think absolutely nothing. He was the victim. And the Gemara, not the part we're going to read, starts off that Akash comes to David Melch and said, You're such a tzaddik, you have such a perfect record, but a couple of small stains, I guess, in a pure neshama, the stains show. And uh, I'd like to give you a kapara for Neuvir Kainim. Uh, take your pick, multiple choice, which is very rare. Do you want to be handed over to your enemy? Do you want your children to be wiped out? The two don't sound parallel. Children wiped out like everybody. No more Machas Beis David, whatever that means. Uh, and, um, you know, how do you want to do this? And he said, well, I don't want my children to be wiped out, so I'm going to hand over to my enemy. So, well, so be it. So Hashem didn't tell him when, just like he didn't tell him when the Nisayan of Hashem would be. And, and he went to Erev Shabbos. All the complicated things happen Erev Shabbos after Chatzais, in case you haven't noticed. I hope it's not as complicated as this story. And uh, he went uh, on his Erev Shabbos, I guess, after first Seder is the time when everybody, all the Masmidim, get some exercise and have to practice his archery. And he's going hunting for deer, and the deer got away, and he chased and chased and chased, and all of a sudden he found himself in Plishtay territory, and Yishbi Benoiv noticed him right away. And instead of stepping on him, David was defenseless, and uh, I mean, he was no match for Yishbi, and um, didn't have a slingshot, or couldn't depend on that. And Yishbi is about to... Um, throw him up and have him land in his spears, a serious Sakana. And back at home, uh, one of the commanders, uh, there were a few brothers who were excellent for Klai Yisrael and leading them into battle, and Avishad in Syria was one of them, and he was taking a shower of Shabbos, and all of a sudden, that's where the Gemara comes in, and he saw some strange things in the shower. We're going to come in over here, just understand the Pella, which is not for now, we discussed the Lent and the is why should David Amel be held accountable for something he didn't do? 
He came, he was hungry, he was about to pass out. You can eat truma, kachum, whatever you want. Misha also boomless, you could eat on your kipper. He was about to, Sakasa Fush, he was about to pass out. And they asked him, You're Yisrael, you're David, what do you want? And he said, I'll take whatever, it's all mutter now. And they gave it to him. And then Shaul accused them of treason and brought them in. How is David supposed to know? So we have one detail Daig happened to be there davening. Daig and davening also sounds like an axiomoron, but. He held himself to be a big tzaddik, and in certain ways he was very from, and he had the same problem at Chetavalet, he was jealous of David. And he went and told Shoal that they're helping David and Melech rebel. And that's all they needed, and they had a trial, but it was very quick, and, and the rest was history. What was David's choice? I have no idea. That's why I described everything I described. But where is he? He didn't have a GPS, he was running around, and he was starving about to pass out. But apparently in Shemayim, there was some level of culpability that the entire city was wiped out because you got them to help you and they gave him food, they gave him Goliath's sword, which he donated to the Mishkan, and he was on his way and Shaul called him in and said, why'd you give him food? He said, he was about to pass out. Why'd you give him a sword? Um, he's your son-in-law and he's a commander in the army and he's, he's on a spy mission. They didn't know what Shaul was talking about and Shaul didn't believe a word they said. It wasn't a very uh, good hearing. What does that have to do with David. So on a, on a tzaddik's level, like David Amalek, if something happened because of you, there's some level of kapar, and even the truth is on this. The truth is written in Europe. Travel was never safe. And in Europe, it was very not safe. And the truth is written on somebody sent a shliach in the business. Sent him, uh, the guy was uh, on a business trip. And he was working for the company. And he sent and he got killed on the way, Rachel Litzlan. And the truth is written. That what level of culpability does the boss have? Boss didn't put him in Sakana. Travel is travel. You work here, you travel at your own risk. What are you going to do? But there might be some level of culpability, depending on how much of an honest. They do say, an honest gummer, it's not your fault. And maybe by the boss's case, it's an honest gummer. So why wasn't this an honest gummer? I'm missing something. You had to be there. That's where we start this gummer. Ahu Yema, four lines down, we'll just read the first line. Yema, apanya damale shabatahavi. Erev Shabbos in the afternoon. Avisha ben Tzuriya havika chayef He was taking a shower. Showers of yesteryear. I'm going to put this in because it's important. Just a shot in the Gemara. It's also important for what's coming this Sunday morning in the Navi Shir, ironically, in a completely different context. But the showers without indoor plumbing, they used to take a bucket and pour water in, and the bucket would have a bunch of holes in it. And you pour water in, they trickle out. And you, he was actually shampooing. He was, I don't know, he was using shampoo, whatever. He was washing his head. And he was using X amount of water, we know. Bedal of Garbe, Damaya, Chazina, Kasme, Dama. And he saw, instead of regular water coming out, he saw some red tinge. Looked like blood, which was unusual to say the least. Ikadamri, Asa Yena, of Kameya. Another shot, it could, could have been both. Uh, Yena started flapping its wings and jumping up and down and acting Meshuggah. So he's, there's blood coming out of the bucket, and there's a Yena on Meshuggah. So he looks at the Yena, he didn't know what the blood didn't have a very positive sounding note either, but the Yena, he said, Knesset Yisrael, the Yena, in Talia, where Nimshul, Knesset Yisrael is Nimshul to Yena. At this point in time, Baruch Hashem, Klaisol was not in battle at all. It was peacetime. So he knew Klaisol wasn't in trouble because he was a commander, and he knew everything was fine, and everything at home was uh, peaceful. So the only other option was maybe the Melech Yisrael is in trouble. And tomorrow night he's going to quickly go to the palace to find out if the king is home, Erev Shabbos, and much to his chagrin, no one knows where he is. 
And I hope you can sleep tonight. And with Hashem, we will pick that up tomorrow.